Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Thank you so much to everybody who served to make it happen. And also, Happy New Year to you. Uh, 2019, uh, we did some incredible things together. Uh, our, our outreach to Guatemala was, was phenomenal. Our Easter services at the Tobin were amazing. And we're going to be having Easter again at the Tobin this year. Yeah, it's going to be great. You've got to bring some more people, though, okay? Scared us. Everybody came in the first service, and 15 minutes before the second service, I thought, is anybody going to walk in here? And then they did at the last, last minute. It was fantastic. And then uh, just all the teams and all the... Uh, all the different leaders that serve together to kind of make something happen. Thank you so much for an incredible 2019. 2020 is a big year for us. And uh, usually uh, when, when I start um, a year, uh, I wait till Vision Sunday to kind of drop really like the word of what I feel is, is happening for this year. I'm changing it up for this year and for this decade. I'm going to tell you today kind of where I feel like uh, I really feel like the Lord is, is, is directing our church, uh, directing me personally. Last couple of months I've been, uh, I've had this word on my heart. Uh, for our church, and it's the word stewardship. Everybody say stewardship. Uh, and I haven't been able to shake it. And just doing a lot of study on, on it and, and just thinking through what, what it means and how it relates to us. And uh, when, I'm, when I'm bringing this to you today, I want you to think in the framework of not just how that word impacts your life in this season of life and not just how it impacts this year, but really how it impacts this next decade. And here's why. Uh, 2019 taught me that I was living in the harvest that I've been working towards for about 10 years. And I, unfortunately, overestimated what could happen in one year, every year, and underestimated what would happen in 10 years. And I gained a lot from it, a lot of perspective last year. It was probably a few months into 2019 where I started to realize this settling feeling of, this is my life. Now, if you're working towards building something in your life, you might, you might feel this pressure. Maybe you've worked this way towards your career or to, to get this direction, to get through a degree or to start a business or to start a family or start the marriage or whatever it is that you, you initiate. But there's, there's been a lot of starts and stops along the way in my journey of life. And Grace Avenue was, was the landing place for me. And when I got there, I look back now, it's been a little over 10 years, not since we launched our church, almost 10 years, but it's been about 10 years since this journey of planting this church began. And it taught me, there's a lot of things I was hoping would happen every time we hit the new year, and they didn't happen. And I realized that even some of my thinking was small every time we'd start the new year. Maybe you felt this way, where I would say, I just hope this year is better than last year. Anybody ever felt that? Uh, the unfortunate thing was like I hit a pattern of years where the years got worse, not better. <laughs> and, and the challenge with that kind of thinking, I think, is that what if it doesn't get better? What if it actually gets harder? And what if you have to wait and be a good steward of the years that you have to see the harvest that you're believing for for five years or 10 years or 20 years? You know, at what point will you give up? At what point do you kind of wash your hands of it and say, you know, well, I tried. This is as good as it gets. And so this year taught me uh, that this, this word stewardship is a word that we've got to take seriously. Uh, I'm asking Grace Avenue, if you call this your home, to really embrace this word. Embrace it for your family. Embrace it for your life. Embrace it for your finances. 
Embrace it for your children and for your grandchildren. I'm going to explain what I mean by it, but that's where we're headed today. Is that okay? Uh, you, you see on different people's shirts, on our signs and the website, you see that the phrase, yours to live. Um, and if you don't know what that means, what it basically means is it means stewardship. It means God has done something in our lives, number one. And number two, uh, we're embracing that. We're taking responsibility for it. We're, we're taking the opportunity for what it is, and we're going to maximize it and do something with it. For example, if you come in here broken and you walk out after a season healed, healing is yours to live. If you come in here uh, having been beat up, gone through a difficult season, life hasn't treated you fair, people haven't treated you fair, some stuff happened, and you're wrestling with unforgiveness or bitterness, and you overcome that, forgiveness is yours to live. If you came in in a season where things were difficult, hard, financially, you couldn't put the pieces together, and after a year or two or three Things rearranged and you find yourself more of in a place of, of prosperity than in a place of difficulty. Well, prosperity is yours to live. And that's what we mean by that. We mean that whatever God has done in your life, we want you to embrace that. Take that for what it is. Take it for your children. Take it for your family. You know, in the Old Testament, it talks about walking along the road. It gives us a picture walking along the road and, and telling your children and your grandchildren about the things God has done in your life. Well, those things that you can tell them are the yours to live moments that have happened in your life. The moments where you've embraced what God has done, where you should have fallen through the trap door, but instead God graced you, where you should have fallen off in that season, but instead God held you, where you should have blown away in that season, but instead God anchored you. Those are the moments that you steward and you, and you grab hold of those. So what is a steward? Let me give you a definition here. Let's go to school. A steward is a person who has been entrusted with another's resources and who seeks to manage those resources according to the owner's vision and values. So stewardship is utilizing and managing all God's resources, time, energy, talent, gifts, for God and his glory and the betterment of his creation. So for us as Christians, we want to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. We want to give God glory with our lives. We want to see Jesus proclaimed and represented through our life. Well, that's not going to happen by accident. It's going to happen because we're intentional. It's going to, it's going to happen because we're good stewards of the life and the influence God has given us. It's going to happen because we're good stewards of the financial resources God puts in our hands and good stewards of the time God puts in our hands. And we're good stewards of the relationships that God brings across our path. Stewardship doesn't just happen by accident. It happens because we're intentional. Here's what my pastor, uh, Pastor Frank Damasio says. He says, a steward is a guardian of the interests of another. The steward owns nothing but is careful to guard, protect, and increase the property of the one whom he serves. We're stewards of time, strength, ability, as well as our money. Right? So whenever we talk about stewardship, a lot of times people think we're just thinking about finances. I need to be a good steward of my finances so that if I, I sow and I tithe, I'm blessed, I can, I can, I can see increase. But stewardship is, is a lot more than just your finances. It's your whole life. It's the way you see life. It's how you treat your spouse. It's how you treat people. It's how you invest in your children. It's how you're thinking about the next decade, not just next year. 
what I'm saying is it would be safe to say, now that I've kind of introduced, introduced this to you, if all you're looking for is a better year, that's kind of small thinking. If you're not yet thinking as a Christian about the decade to come, not that you have all the plans worked out, but you're just, you're not in a place where you're thinking about that yet, it's time to enlarge your thinking. Enlarge the scope and the broadness of how you're actually trying to live out this life, what you want to produce. See, in in 10 years, I'll have a 25-year-old daughter. Ah, that freaks me out. And I'll have a, the little one will be 12 or 13. It's kind of like, whoa, I, I don't know. But it, it's going to happen. And again, I underestimated what could happen in, I'm sorry, overestimated what could happen in a year and underestimated what could happen in, in 10 years. So what could happen in the next decade of your life, 2030? Because it's coming whether you, you want it to or not. Unless Jesus comes back sooner than that, which would mean the Cowboys would have to win another Super Bowl soon and then he would definitely come back because... The, the times would have to be that evil for God to say, that's enough. I'm coming back for my people. God bless the Houston Texans. But stewardship is something that, like, wh- where do we get this mindset about stewardship from? We get it from our foundation, the scriptures. We get it from the Bible. We get it from God's word. Psalm 24 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. That's our framework as Christians. The earth belongs to God. People belong to God. The resources, time, everything that is in this earth and on this earth belongs to God. First Chronicles 29 says, everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. So whenever we give of our time and our talent and our energy and our creativity and our resources, anytime we give that to someone else, we're only giving what God has given us. That's the framework that we live from as Christians. That's the framework that we, that we teach our children. Nothing belongs to us, son, daughter. Nothing belongs to us. It's all God's. And what we do with what is God's determines, number one, whether or not we get more. But more importantly, how we are accountable for what he's given us. Because we're stewards of it all. Right? So my wife is not my wife. My kids are not my kids. My kids are God's. My wife belongs to God. That, that's the framework I live from. Now, if I try and run out on the kids, the state of Texas, the state of Texas will say, hey, those are your kids. Come back here. But God knew it all along. Those are your kids for a season to steward. First Peter 4.10 says, as each of us has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. He's graced you to do something different than the person next to you. He's graced you in this church to do something different than the person next to you. He's graced you in in your neighborhood and in your life and in your business to do and be and to live out what he's put on your life. But he's asking you to be a good steward of it. I'm saying that God didn't give man and woman ownership. He gave them stewardship. In the very beginning in the garden, they were to tend the garden. Adam and Eve were to be stewards of the garden. Their name wasn't on the deed. It was God's. And how they would steward that. When we first started Grace Avenue, I remember asking the questions. Because I kept thinking, like, where we are right now, not that we've arrived, but where we are right now is in, a, is in a great place. It's in a healthy place. It's the best place we've ever been in. In less than 60 days, we're going to be launching a second community on the other side of town. We're believing God to do some great things. But, you know, that's been in my heart for a long time. But where we were 
it used to be difficult to have joy about stewarding what was not, what you were not seeing. It was almost like you could devalue what was in your hands. What I wanted to happen in one year was going to take about five. What I really wanted to happen in two years was going to take about ten. Are you with me? So often, I think, because we're on Instagram and Instaclips and Instant Pot and Instant This and Instant... That's not pot like you think I'm talking. It's the, the guys, it's the, what you cook with. That thing's a miracle worker. Have y'all had... Did y'all have the Instant Pot? Spend the money and the air fryer. I'm in heaven, man. I'm in heaven. Like Black Friday deals have set me up all last year. Instant Pot. Not the pot. Instant Pot. And air fryer, I'm telling you, wings in an air fryer, heaven on earth. And now back to the message. All those years before, I'd ask myself, you know, what, God, where are you? You say that the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. It seems like in the early days of Grace Avenue, that's all we had, the few. It was like, God, where are the leaders? Where are some healthy Christians? Where are some givers? Where are some people who are builders? Like, all you're sending, God, are consumers and complainers and critics. Like, what's going on? Can I be real with you all this morning? That's what it, that's what it felt like. And, and, and a lot of times it felt like I was stewarding something that wasn't going to be part of the future. It was like seasonal life and seasons and, and only to plow through that to see the harvest of where we are now to see some of the things that we're doing now. What am I saying? I'm saying that the whole time, my harvest was in my hands. And I had a chance at every juncture, every year that began, to devalue the seed that was in my hand. Every year I could have been, yeah, this is taking too long. This is not going according to plan. This is, this is not working how I wish it would. Uh, maybe this isn't God. Maybe this isn't the way... God intended. We start making up God's mind for him when we don't like where we're at. And we start telling him how we think he should have done things and should be doing things. And when we say things like, I wish I'm, I have, I hope I have a better year this year than last year, and the years get worse, you really start to question if the pain is worth the promise, if the process is worth the persistence. But it's in those seasons that you learn to see God for who he is. That God's not just building your life. God's building his life through you. And God's not just building your dreams and your goals. He's building his dreams and his goals through you. So I'm hoping that this next decade, as a church, we start to see broader than we have the years before. All we had were the seeds in my hand. What did we have when we started? We had the seeds of faith. That's all we had, seeds of faith. We're going to start this and see what God does. That's all you have at times when you're starting something. When you're starting a marriage, when you're starting a family, when you're starting a new career, you have the seeds of faith. You can't see much else. We had the seeds of obedience. We knew where God was leading us. We trusted where God was leading us. But that seed of obedience, to trust him in that moment and obey what he's asking you to do, that's a seed. Because you can devalue that and say, no, that's not God. That's not him. We had to have the seeds of, of trust. That's where the rubber meets the road, where you actually plant and you're being a good steward. 
and you're, and you're living this out and you're walking this out, but you're, you're knocking on God's door saying, I, I planted this yesterday, but, but nothing's grown today. What's, what's taking so long? You feel like that with your kids sometimes? I told you this 17 times already. The two-year-old, I tell her the same thing every day. She goes, what? What? Why? Why? What? And then I just keep answering her like a fool. Like she comprehends what I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm planting these seeds because I'm hoping she'll know down the road. I'm hoping she'll understand. Don't touch that. That's not the way to go. This is what I want you to do. Please don't take your diaper off and run around the backyard again. That was last week after church, by the way. So maybe, maybe you're asking, okay, well, what, Daniel, what does this, all this have to do with, with, with me and my, my, my life and my year and my, my decade? Here's what I'm saying. Your harvest is in your hands. And the seeds of your future this year and the next year and the next decade are in your hands right now. You say, well, I've got nothing. Welcome to the party. That's where Grace Avenue started. Nothing. No spiritual fathers, no mentors, no leaders, no pastors. I don't come from a family of pastors. No finances, no tithers, no givers, no leaders, no builders. Complainers, critics, a lot of broken people, a lot of hurting people that needed to be healed, a lot of people that needed to be restored. There was really no building in the beginning. It was just restoring and helping and cleaning up the blood from the war that people had been through. And then you finally get somebody healthy enough where they can start helping somebody else. And then that one turned into two, and then that two turned into another couple that comes, and then that couple turned into someone else who comes from another church, and they're stable, and they're healthy, and they're helping people, and, they're, and the load is being lifted. But it didn't happen overnight. It happened over a season. 2021 is in your hands right now in 2020, but it's in seed format. 2030. Sounds freaky, doesn't it? That's in your hands right now, and it's coming for you. Again, unless Jesus returns and Jerry Jones is doing a dance on the field, 2030 is coming for you. In another 10 years, you'll be asking yourself this question, where is my harvest? Or you'll be making the statement, this is my harvest. It'll be that or the other. The question will be marked by frustration, confusion, disappointment. Where's my harvest? And it'll be a reflection on what you sowed. The statement, this is my harvest, will also be a reflection in the consequences of good investments, good stewardship of your time, your talent, your energy, your resources. Are you following me? Where is my harvest? Or this is my harvest? Which one are you going to say? Either way, your harvest is in your hands, and it looks like seeds. What can you plant today in faith, believing that it will grow down the road? Come on, isn't this just like us? We get so used to Amazon Prime that we plant today, and because of Amazon Prime, we want it tomorrow. Well, we went to counseling once. The marriage isn't better. There's 10 years of unhealthy dialogue between you. One counseling session is the least you can do to get this thing healthy. Well, I, I, I tithed once and I didn't see any supernatural turnaround in my finances. 
because you've been a bad steward for 20 years. It takes time to turn things around. See, this is the hard part of life that we have to digest. Sometimes we're eating from the crop that we planted. And the harvest that we're eating is something that we planted. And if we want to change the harvest, we've got to change what we plant from this day forward. Like, I, I see this with marriages all the time. There, there, there's constant sowing of disrespect and dishonor, but they want to turn around like this. They want a magic prayer over everything. Pixie dust, something from the Disney Channel with a wand and, that sprinkles you and leaves you with glitter on your face, both of you with glitter on your face. And instantly your marriage is better and your communication is better. Well, hey, God does miracles like that and things turn around, but uh, he also allows people to eat the fruit of what they've sown to show them that they can sow something better to get a better harvest, to get a better outcome, to get a better life, to get better communication. So what's in your hands? What's in the hands right now that you have for your marriage, for your kids, for your finances? Where is that being planted? Here's, here's the first point I want to make. Everything in life, everything in your life is a seed. Everything in your life is a seed. Your children, that's the seed of your life. The relationships you're, you're pouring into, those are seeds. Your dreams, those are seeds. The goals that you have, those are seeds. Your finances, those are seeds. And if all of this belongs to God, let's remember this. An acorn doesn't look like a tree tomorrow. And it doesn't look like a large oak tree even in five years. Right? Some of us have to, <laughs> have to realize. Oh, let me speak for myself. In my mid to late 20s, I recognized the prayers people had been praying for, for me when I was a mess were the things that kept me when I was a mess. But it took about a decade for me to get into life and into manhood to realize, yeah, that was somebody protecting me through prayer. That was someone laboring for me, sowing for me in prayer what I'm now reaping in life. Someone was looking after me. That was the power of prayer. Someone was sowing that I didn't see, I didn't even hear, but I know now. Somebody did that for you. Somebody prayed you into the kingdom. Somebody prayed you out of darkness. Somebody, somebody prayed you out of your dysfunction. Somebody prayed you out of depression. Somebody prayed you out of crumbling to pieces and falling apart and giving up. Somebody has. You may not even know who they are. God may have given a word to somebody in a church with your name on it, and they started praying your name, not even knowing who you are. With angels surrounding you, protecting you from times you wanted to self-destruct or give up. See, God's working far more down the road than we often give him, give him credit for. And in a far bigger capacity with the seeds that are being sown. Most of us are looking for God to just give us steps. God, just give me the next step, especially for 2020. Give me the next step. Maybe he's not going to give you a step. Maybe he's just going to give you a seed. The seed of, of faith. The seed of obedience. Maybe he's going to say, I'm putting this in your hands to be a good steward. Maybe you're just thinking about the raise that you need, and God's thinking about the kingdom that he's trying to build. Maybe you're just thinking about the job and the promotion that you want, and God's thinking about the influence that he needs somewhere else. But what are you thinking? 
Are you thinking broad or are you thinking small? Are you thinking expansive or are you thinking restricted? Come on, the seeds he gives us are opportunities. Opportunities to trust, opportunities to obey, opportunities to give, to grow, to live in hope, to live in expectation. It's dangerous when you stop living with expectation. Serving God, sowing but not living with expectation. Walking injured from a prior injury where you're no longer injured, but you walk like you're injured. <laughs> I've been hurt before. Are you still hurting, though? Because yeah, that was like a long time ago, and you, you did get over that. You, and you seem to be doing, yeah but, yeah, but that's what I went through. I know that's what you went through. But do you really feel the pain of that? I know you recall the pain of what it was, but do you feel the pain now? Or do you want to live in that? Because I, I don't want to live. Like, I'm old. I know what it's like getting up out of bed in the mornings now. I can feel it. Basketball, skateboarding, it's all coming back to me now. And I get up, and I know when I feel the pain. That's pain from back then. So I can complain about the pain now because that's real pain. But the pain that we go through oftentimes because of people and because of life, a lot of times is pain that we've overcome. But it's fresh on our tongue as if it's something brand new that happened yesterday. Maybe this is the year where God's saying, I want you to... Plant that in the ground as hope for someone else and stop holding on to that seed of hurt. Plant it so that it becomes a source of life and fruit and covering for someone else's life instead of just something that you go around showing everybody and talking about. See, I'm kind of concerned for our generation that we think God's here to make our dreams and goals all come true. (laughs) It's like... We are here to do what he's called us to do. We are here to birth his dream and his goal of seeing men and women redeemed, saved and healed and set free, set on course, living on purpose. But can we see the big picture of that? What am I saying? I'm saying that the confession of our soul and of our mouth needs to be that whatever comes our way, we're going to be good stewards of the seeds that are in our hand. You can't wait to say, well, if this year's better, then we'll see. You, you can't guarantee that we'll have a great year. You can't guarantee that we'll have a great decade. The government, we can't, we can't guarantee where things will be financially. We can guarantee this. We'll be good stewards of the seed that's in our hand. We'll take care of what God has put into our hand. We'll be responsible with the opportunities and the things God has placed in our possession. Here's the second point. The potential of a seed is not experienced until it's planted. The potential of a seed is not experienced until it's planted. Remember when you were a little kid in kindergarten, the first science experiment? They said, take the bean, take the styrofoam cup. Remember this? Put the, now they have iPads, but back then we had beans and cups, right? <laughs> they take the bean on the iPad, and it's going to magically grow digitally over the next five years. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's not, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. We had to take the bean put it in the styrofoam cup, put it in the dirt, water it, put it by the window. Remember this? And then some of us who are just losers in life, like me, the the bean didn't even grow. I was like, this is a sign of your future, Daniel. This this is what you need to look forward to. Your bean will not grow. But it's as simple as that. We planted something, and because we planted something, we got to watch over a week, over two weeks, the growth of something that, that as little kids, it's, it's miraculous to us. It's phenomenal. It's amazing to watch. Like, wow, I did that. I put that there, and it's 
change. It's as simple as that. When you take the seed of what God has in you and what he's put on you, and you plant it. See, I could hold the bean over that cup just like I could have you in church, but you're not really planted in church. There's no roots. You could say I'm a Christian, but you're not really planted with roots in God's kingdom, living out his purpose. You could be praying to God for resources, but you're not investing and planting resources into God's kingdom from your harvest every week or two weeks, whatever it is. There's a difference between being present and being planted. And when you plant, you get roots. And when you get roots, you get fruit. And when you get fruit, you get covering and you get shade and you get multiplication and it helps other people. But if it's all about holding on to that one bean over the styrofoam cup, always hanging on to that seed, we miss the glory and the beauty of seeing God do something with what we planted. See, some people are are present in marriage, but they're not planted in marriage. They live together, pay the bills together, they're business partners, but there's no covenant of, of, of planting. Some people just live together don't have the covenant of marriage, don't see the value in it. They go, oh, that's too dangerous. My mom's marriage didn't work out, so let's just, let's just house up and just hope for the best. Hope for what, though? If you want God's blessing, God has a way for this. That's not to bring condemnation. That's to give you vision. God has a better way. Well, marriage is hard, Daniel. No kidding. <laughs> but it's better to be hard with God's blessing than on our own without his blessing. It's better to be in covenant with him knowing he's the threefold cord that holds us together. Are you with me? What have you been holding on to this last year in 2019, maybe this last decade, that you should be planting? What encouragement do people need that you've been holding on to? What do your children need that you've been holding on to? Could what you are holding on to now be the thing that you can't even see your grandchildren will reap from because you're sowing it now. The prayers, the investments, the relationships. Where's Jade? I saw Jade here earlier. Jade, Jade, where's Jade? I keep seeing her face. No, there she is. Hello, Jade. Jade, I knew Jade. How old are you now? 28. I knew Jade when she was a teenager, 13, 14 years old, came in by herself. I won't go into all the details, but let's just say teenager on her own. I was a youth pastor and just see the seed of life get planted into her and to watch her grow and then for her to go her way and I went my way and I started Grace Avenue and then years later, five, six years later, after we started, she came in the doors. I'm like, Jade, what's going on? It's been years. And then see Kayla get saved right here in our church and to see Kayla and Jade in a picture a couple of years ago or a year ago where I saw them both in a picture wow, there's the seed of one who I saw get saved in a youth ministry when I was a youth pastor as a 14-year-old. And here's one who got saved in her 20s. And now she's investing in her. And they're both investing in our church. But it all started with a seed. It started with one night with one youth service that she showed up. And it started with one day where she showed up to church. But God did something great with the seed. See, it says we're saved by the seed of the word of God that's planted. God plants something in our hearts and it grows. God wants to do that more through you this year and this decade. He wants to do that in your children. So maybe what I was planting 14 years ago, I wouldn't see the harvest until now. Now she's married, serving in church, building a life, got the man of her dreams. 
sitting right next to him. You shaved all your mustache, man. You, you look 14 again. You used to look 28. God wants to do something with the seed in your hand this year and in this decade. And I'm just calling Grace Avenue. Those who call Grace Avenue home, I'm calling you to the plate here. Get serious about the stewardship of your life, your home, your finances, your future, your dreams. The things God has put in your hands. But I planted a bad crop. Finish the bad crop. It'll end. And let's plant some new things in Jesus' name. Let's plant in faith. Let's plant in obedience. Let's plant in trust. Let's plant in in spite what has happened. We're going to trust that God is building something in us. He's building something through us. I can't control the storms that have come to try and wreck the harvest. I can't control life that's happened to wreck the harvest. But I can control the next seed that's in my hand. I could do something great with it. I want to close with this. We're over time, but I want to, I want to close with this. Next week, I'm going, to, I'm going to break this down. I wanted to give you just the pieces. Today, it's about stewardship and about seeds. I want to talk to you about the process of this next week. It's going to start with evaluation. It's examining what's actually in your hand. Where are you at? What, where are you at in your marriage? Where are you at in your life? Evaluation can be hard. When you actually take a look, instead of saying, I'm in debt, when you actually take a look and evaluate what's it going to take to get out of debt, that's the first place a lot of people bail out and say, I'm not going to plant a seed of faith and do so. It's too hard to get this marriage healthy. It's too hard to get out of debt. It's too hard to get my life straight. It's too hard to get happy again. Come on, but evaluation is where we can get to the place of preparation. Preparation is where we can assess. Come on, whenever you, if you, some of you are turning over a new leaf and going to the gym this year and thinking you're going to be beast mode in 30 days and it ain't going to happen. You haven't assessed the reality of your choices yet. You've, you've assessed the value of it, but not the preparation it's going to take to become beast mode. It's not going to take 30 times at the gym. It's going to take about 30 weeks and then 30 months and then 30 years. But assessing is how we can get there. Consecration is the most undervalued thing I see across Christian life. It's taking the seed and not consecrating it to God and saying, this is a holy thing in my life. This marriage is holy. These children are holy. These finances are holy. This gift of my life is holy. I'll stand before God for these kids, for this life, for this marriage. This is my life. I'm not talking about the mistakes. I'm talking about the new beginning today. Today is the seed in your hand. Before the people of Israel crossed over the Jordan, Joshua told them, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And consecration is like, it's off to the side now. People don't value it anymore. Like, just God, give me the raise. Give me the job. Give me the marriage. Give me the thing. God said, I've made you a holy thing to impact an unholy city and an unholy nation that needs light in darkness. God needs consecrated people, people of the word, people of the spirit, people of integrity. We've got enough frauds and fakes out there. They're in the world. They're in the church. It's disturbing. It's upsetting. We want our kids and our grandkids to see life and integrity and light. Well, it's got to start with us. It's got to start in our homes. They've got to see consecrated parents. They've got to see consecrated. Are you with me? This is supposed to be for next week. I better be quiet. Cultivation. Work with what you've been given. Does it matter what it is? Work with it. Work it. But the ground is hard. Work the ground and plant it and nurture it and fertilize it. Give it time. Dedication. You have to persevere to see the harvest. I'm explaining to you the last 10 years of my life. 
in the next 10 years of your life. And multiplication, you honor God to be a blessing with others. God doesn't just bless you. He blessed Abraham to be a blessing to others. The whole point of blessing is not just so we'll be blessed, it's so that the fruit of our life is an overflow to bless other people. That's why God multiplies. That's why the kingdom multiplies. That's why the gospel multiplies. That's why the good news multiplies. And that's why we're out of time. Because I've multiplied too many minutes here. Today, it's about stewardship. And it's about seeds. Your harvest is in your hands. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you this morning. We are in a brand new year. Dedicating ourselves to the stewardship of our life our time, our talent, our energy, our resources. Father, whatever, whatever the harvest has been up to this point, we consecrate the new harvest for the new year, for the next decade. God, we refuse to think small when it comes to a lost and dying world out there. And we consecrate our life anew and afresh today, God. We ask you to stir within us a heart for stewardship. To not be afraid of the evaluation. To understand everything is a seed. To show us where we need to be planted. Where we need to be in this season. For some of you this morning, maybe the first seed that needs to be planted is the seed of life in Jesus Christ. Where you take hold of the life that God has given you and you give it back to him and you live it for his purpose and you live it for his glory if you've not made that decision before maybe you've been far from God or maybe today today you have clarity on what your life's purpose is to serve the king of kings the lord of lords the one who gave you life today can be the day of salvation for you birthed in a seed through the word of God. If that's you today, you're saying, I, I want to commit my life to Jesus Christ. And you've not done that before. Maybe you've been living a life disconnected from God's purpose. Living your own life, living your own way. You want to change that today. God will meet you right where you are. And God won't judge where you've been. He'll receive you as you are. He'll embrace you as you are. And then he'll bless where you're going. If that's you today and you want to turn from a life of sin and turn to a life following your Savior, would you just lift your hand so I can see who I'm praying for this morning? Thank you, friend. Anyone else today says, yeah, today I want to be saved. I want to come to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. New beginnings for people. Let's never devalue the seed of life being planted in people in every church service. Church, would you pray this with me? Say, Lord Jesus, this morning, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I receive your life and your salvation. Fill me with your spirit and lead me to life so that I may give you glory. Be a good steward of this life you've given me. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, Amen, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Come on, stand up this morning.
we are late, but I got to tell you this. There's a word I want to speak over you. Isaiah chapter 30 says, God will bring this rain for the seeds that you sow. God will bring the rain for the seeds that you sow. Come on, you just heard it. God will bring the rain for the seeds that you sow. This is a promise that's been over my life that I hold on to. I have this in a frame. God will bring the rain for the seeds that you sow. I'm speaking that over your life and over your year and over your decade. Speaking it over your marriage today. Some of you have the seed in your hand and you're saying, how on earth is God going to do this? I could tell you the same thing about Grace Avenue. I could tell you the same thing about my life. I could tell you my testimony. I could tell you about a lot of things and a lot of people here. God can do a lot when we trust him with a little. So this morning, if you want that prayed over your life, just lift your hands. Pray it for your kids. Pray it for your grandkids. Receive it this morning for your future and for your marriage. Lord Jesus, I pray the reign of God and the blessing of God over every man and woman here today. God, over every relationship, every marriage, every friendship, every business. God, would you bring the rain for the seeds that people are sowing today? God, for the transitions people need to make. Would you open doors? Would you change circumstances? Would you help people in transitions? God, would you make a way where there seems to be no way? Would you bring the rain over the seeds that people sow in Jesus' mighty name? Amen. Do you believe that for 2020? Amen. Man, we have something brand new for you beginning January 18th on Saturday morning. It's coming for you. I'm coming for you. Uh, men have been asking, when can we do something more consistent? When can we have something where we're able to connect and able to grow? Well, guess what? Saturday mornings, uh, 9.30 a.m. And it's a great opportunity for you to meet other guys. Uh, you don't have to rush in, rush out. Sometimes, like we often find ourselves doing, uh, because of church or at church or whatever, um, just dump your kids off on somebody. I, I mean, ask your wife to graciously watch the children and get away. Get away for an hour, hour and a half. It's going to be a good time where we're going to invest in you. Guys, I have a real heart this year to invest in fathers and husbands. God put it on my heart a few months ago. I was talking with Pastor Henry. We worked this out. Uh, we need a resurgence in church, in life, in our city, and in America. And what it means to be a father and what it means to be a husband. Guys, we didn't grow up with a lot of good examples. And we don't have a lot of good examples right now at large. <laughs> we need all the help we can get. We need each other. And we need the Lord. So it's starting on January 18th. Every, every third Saturday for a while we're going to be doing this. We'd love to see you there. God bless you guys. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.